Oh, God, thank you so much for the privilege of adding our voices to myriad angels. God, we confess that living moment by moment and day by day in this world, we become um, calloused, God, to the glory that's all around us. Thank you so much for the moonset this morning, God. Thank you for the glory of the sun on the opposite side of the sky coming up right as one light left, another greater light came. God, thank you that Jesus is the light of the world. And God, even when when important lights in our life are 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 setting upon us, God, when when we no longer bask in the warmth and 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 the light that they bring, uh, Thank you that there is always something greater. There is something more. God, I think of those who, who uh, on the one hand, are looking forward to the holiday seasons, maybe looking forward to rest, looking forward to a little break from work, looking forward man, maybe to being with other family members. God, I thank you so much for those, those simple pleasures, for those, those subtle joys. But God, I know also sometimes it's very difficult. And I, I just pray that this holy day season, God, that you would be so present with us as, as we enter into it, that, that no matter what we've experienced, and I think of even the traumas of this last week here in our city, God, no matter what we have experienced, God, that they would be eclipsed by the light and life of your presence. Thank you that you never leave us or forsake us. Thank you that you, Jesus, are here right now in our midst, ready to heal, ready to deliver, ready to lift up. So we love you, Jesus. And with joy, we add our cracking voices to to myriad angels, and we say glory to you in the highest. And God... God, to whatever extent it's possible through us, may your peace be on us and on this earth. Oh, we love you, God. And we just dedicate ourselves to you. Would you open our hearts and minds, God, today to your word? Would you, would you reveal your glory to us just as you did that night so long ago to the shepherds? And God, we will hear We will respond. We will be forever changed. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you open your uh, Bibles, uh, your phones, whatever way you access God's Word, would you open that to the passage we've heard once already? I'd like you to be looking at it as we we return to it this morning. Uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. I'll try that again. It's on right now. Is that working? No? No? Okay. I'll just hold this one. That's okay. Thank you. Uh, Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field. They were keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. Isn't it funny how, how um, we get so used to hearing a story that we just don't even, we don't even hear something anymore, right? An angel of the Lord appeared to them, right? Oh, my goodness. 
and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, Bethlehem, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the sayings that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary... Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. The very word of God. Thanks be to God. Would you open now your Bibles just a few pages to the right to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians Chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. The very word of God. Mm, Thank you, God. God, thank you for this morning and the chance on such a glorious day to open your word and, and to hear it as for the first time. Father, we confess that these passages are very familiar to us, sometimes through carols, sometimes through Christmas specials, sometimes through Lord, years of reading through your word and having it speak to us. But God, I know that when your Holy Spirit is present, you can open our hearts and minds to things that we didn't see before, things that, though hearing, we never heard. Do it again, would you? Do it again, Holy Spirit. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. I invite you to keep your thumb in in that story in Luke uh, chapter 2, the story of the shepherds. And I want to try, if I can, just to... To, to bring that story uh, 
to our awareness here, to make it real for us now. We've been talking over this holy season about the critical nature of of light and and how people are drawn to light and and we've discovered together that that when people begin to draw around a light they begin to experience community and they begin to see each other in in light of that raised vision God made us for community and 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 because he made us for community we go searching for it in good places and oftentimes in bad places. Sometimes the pressure to fit in and to be part of a group can be overwhelming. And and in a world without sin, we would be accepted by others as people made in God's image. We wouldn't have to work to fit in. Unfortunately, we are not yet in that world. In this world, exclusion is all too real and hurtful. And probably all of us, in one way or another, have felt that same sting. Well, the shepherds, that's what I love about this story. The shepherds in Jesus' day were very much like us, right? They were not high on the social totem pole, right? They certainly didn't have the clout that that a, a Jewish uh, religious leader would have or a Roman politician would have. I think that's what makes it so astounding that God first brought this message to of the incarnation. When he brought it to the world, he didn't choose the religious leaders. He didn't choose the, the military leaders. He didn't, he didn't choose the Roman politicians, right? It was, it was to a group of shepherds that God first chose to announce the birth of his son. Now, I know that for many of us who... Who, who knows Psalm 23, when we think of shepherds, we our hearts go there and we have kind of a high view of, of shepherds. But but in Jesus' culture that was that was not true. It's usually whoever whoever was least among them that was charged with with watching the shepherds. I enjoyed so much um the chosen special thing. Did anybody have a chance to see that? You didn't do your homework. Some of you did. I see a couple nodding nodding heads, right? Just, just a, a modern um, interpretation of what happened that night. But it was so interesting to me that even within the shepherds in that movie about the story, even within the shepherds, there was a pecking order, right? Isn't that what we do as human beings? We try and figure out, I don't have to be the best, but I just have to be a little better than those around me, right? We, we, we create strata. We, we, we try and position ourselves over others, even if we're at the bottom of the, of the social ladder. And, and, and it's so beautiful, even in that rendition. Again, it's called The Shepherd, and you can find it on the Chosen app. In, in that, that movie about the life of Jesus, that even within the shepherds, God chose the lowest of them, the weakest of them, to reveal his glory. God often uses those on the fringes to help shape his world for the kingdom of God. God often uses the people, the women and the men that that the world overlooks to bring the good news of his glory. So, So because of this, we ought not to fear, right, that we won't have the approval 
of others. What's much more important than the approval of others, right? The approval of God. The approval of God. So I ask you to look at the story again, if, if it's possible, with, with new eyes, right? We're going we're gonna to look at two things. We're going to look at the moment, right, when, when God revealed himself to the shepherds. But we're also going to look at the message. The message is really important, too. First, let's go back and look at the moment, right? Again, we're so used to the story that we don't hear the power of those words. An angel of the Lord stood among them. Do you remember the Old Testament when an angel appeared? He says, I stand, the angel said, in the presence of God. In other words, I'm standing here with you, Beth, but, but I'm also standing in the presence of God, right? He's, he's bridging that gap between eternity and humanity, right? The angel has come and stood among the shepherds. Again, they had no influence in their society. What a rotten choice for that angel. I don't know if he was like, was it Clarence in, in that movie, right? That he's just Lois, he's trying to work his way up the angel ladder. I don't know, but what, what were you thinking, angel, to go there, right? They had no money. They had no power. They had no privilege, right? Yet God chose them. You should be feeling something coming, right? God chose them. To reveal his glory, right? He chose them to be heralds of the birth of Christ. The most famous king of all of Israel. The, the king who, despite his brokenness and his terrible choices, despite, despite his, his, his broken family tree, God chose to say, this is a, this is a man after my own heart. King David started as a shepherd. David's promised son, the Messiah, would be the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. It's so fitting, isn't it, that God chose to bring this message first to shepherds. And I guess what I'm trying to say here is that, that God chooses to reveal himself to ordinary people. To ordinary, any ordinary people in the room, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing special about us, right? That God should choose to tell us of his glory, that he should choose to come and reveal such a powerful message, right? But God chose to make the most important announcement ever made to common people, ordinary people, not people in power, right? The Lord loves all people, people in power and the weak, right? And, and he loves to use the least of these to make, to make an impact on the world. That's why we had that, that passage. It might have seemed odd to you, but Paul, writing 50 years later, right, would say, brothers, consider your calling. Not many are wise from a human perspective, right? Not many, I'm going I'm to translate it, for, not many of us are wise, right? Not many of us are powerful, None of us, to my awareness, are of noble birth, right? Instead, Paul says, God has chosen what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God has chosen what is weak in the world to shame the powerful. 1 Corinthians 1, 26 and 27 again. God chooses ordinary people. A messenger from God stood among them. But secondly, in that moment, 
And again, the words go by so fast. The glory of the Lord surrounded them. The glory of the Lord. Do you remember in in Exodus when, when Moses, I think it was Exodus 33, right? Moses is having this incredible encounter with God. He's, he's so frustrated by by not just the world, but even his own people, right? And 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 he understands that God has chosen him to make a difference. But but he's so frustrated and he and he cries out to God, God, show me your glory, right? And and God didn't do it, right? He didn't show his glory. Do you remember our study of that last year of Exodus, right? What did he do? He called him to the cleft on the rock, right? And he covered the cleft of the rock with his hand, and his goodness, his goodness passed by. He didn't say that the glory of the Lord surrounded Moses. These shepherds, these shepherds are experiencing something that Moses never experienced in the flesh, right? The glory of the Lord is shining around them. It's so hard for the movies to try and and encompass this. It's so hard for us to even in our minds to understand this. But I love the way that again they did in the in the shepherd on the chosen. They they didn't try and, and they they just showed the reaction of the shepherds. They didn't try and somehow through industrial light and magic, you know, um, show the glory of the Lord. They just showed the effect that it had on them. And I, and I thought they did a, a wonderful job. It was both terrifying, making them drop to their knees, but at the same time, so joyful, right? So joyful that, that, that they could not help but express it on their faces as well. There may never have been a night like that before. And perhaps, well, I was about to say, perhaps there won't be again. I know that Peter, James, and John experienced that when Jesus appeared to them in glory. But for the rest of us, there may very well not be a night like that again until Christ returns, right? Such was the night that God revealed his glory to the shepherds. The birth of the Messiah was a moment that, that all of history had been waiting for. So, so a multitude of angels worshiped God with all their might and, and God cracked open for a second the heavens so that the, the shepherds could see that the veil that had divided heaven and earth was peeled back just a little bit, right? So the shepherds could see what's going to happen for eternity, the glory of the Lord shown around them. God, thank you so much for the way that you reveal your glory to us in ways that we can comprehend in moonsets and sunrises, in in um, the beauty of a baby's face. There's so many, so many ways, God, that you give us these little glimpses. But God, our, our great vulnerability is then that we think that, that all, that's all there is. We we compartmentalize your glory into something that is that is able to be comprehended by us. We, we put the glory of God in a paper sack and take it to lunch. God, I just, I just pray that this holy day season, this Christmas, God, that, that we might open our hearts and minds again to the glory of your presence in our midst. And God will give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.
the moment was a glorious one. But there was also content to that moment. There was a message. There was something given to those shepherds that night that they were meant to take with them. There was a message. And I want to suggest to you that that that, that message had three kind of components to it. And I'm thinking now as a guy, and well, I shouldn't say that. I'm thinking now of Dave, and and I have to confess to you that I, I don't always, I usually know what I think about something. Right or wrong, mostly wrong. Check with Karen afterwards. Um, mostly wrong, but but I don't. I often don't know how I feel about something. It drives my family nuts, right? Because they'll say to you, you know, "What are you feeling about this?" And I, I, emote, Dave, do something, right? You know, and 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 I and I'm searching. My heart is searching. I don't know how to feel. I I love I love here that there's some help. For those of us who are, excuse me, emotionally constipated, right? Those of us who don't know how to feel. I remember um, Chelsea um, with Naomi. Um, Naomi might uh, run into something, might bring down a wall, you know, or something, and there's stuff flying, and, and she's sitting on the ground, and Naomi's sitting on the ground, and, and she has that look on her face like, I don't know what I should do. And, and Chelsea will say to her, you're all right. You're all right. And 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 then we go. Okay, I guess I'm all right. You know, no problem then, right? Um, I love it. I love it that in our greatest darknesses, and there are many. Amen. There are tremendous joys, but there are tremendous darknesses as well. In the midst of our tremendous darknesses, God says to us, "You're all right. You're going to be okay, right?" The message includes what we should feel, right? Because naturally by ourselves, we're going to want to fight it. We're going to want to run from it. Or we're just going to be incapacitated by fear, right? That's why we can't let our emotions control our thoughts and behaviors. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not just justifying myself. Um, It's our mind and our emotion that counsel our will, and both are critically important, our mind and our emotion. But if left to myself, um, I won't feel, I won't feel, and then I'll feel so much that I will make a bad choice. We cannot let our lack of emotions or our emotions control our thoughts or our behavior. Where am I going with this? The same message we've said so many times together. The same message that is repeated over and over again in the Christmas story. Don't be afraid, beloved. Don't be afraid. Now, I understand that the shepherds were terrified of the angel of the Lord because the angel reflected God's glory, right? God is awesome. His majesty is so great that just seeing his glory immediately puts us in our place. We feel small. We feel powerless. We feel dependent. Guess what? Those are very good things in the kingdom of God. Those are very good things. Seeing God's glory demonstrated to the shepherds reveals that they are totally at his mercy. And that is terrifying to us, right? Being totally at the mercy of someone else. And rightly so, beloved. Please don't misunderstand me. Some of you have been at the mercy of someone else and they were not a good steward of that responsibility. And 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 you experience physical, emotional, or spiritual pain as as a result of that. But But... I want to remind you that this is not that story, right? This is the story of God 
revealing himself to you. This is the story of placing yourself at the mercy of God, the one who created you, the one who formed you, the one who loves you more than you could ever imagine. This is the story of placing yourself at his mercy. And when we place ourselves on the mercy of God, we find hope. We find hope. So what should we feel? Don't feel fear. Don't feel fear. Press through the fear to the joy on the other side, right? What should you know? There's some very critical things. You might have noticed that as we've been working our way through the, um, as we've been working our way through the Christmas story, we've seen a lot of names of Jesus, right? Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Last week we saw Light and Life, right? These amazing titles for Jesus, right? The angel gives us some more, and there's some that we're more familiar with. So I ask you again, please don't shut yourself down to how God might open your mind to these names today. But the angel said, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, a Savior. Now notice that immediately when you say Savior, you kind of divide the hearers, right? Because there's a lot of people who say, excuse me, I don't need no stinking Savior, right? I I, I'm just fine by myself. A, a lot of us tried, especially in the in the 80s and 90s. We just tried to we tried to inculcate into our children this these values of uh, of saying you've got everything you need. You are self sufficient, right? You can be anything. You can do anything. And and those sound like such wonderful messages, right? But but are they true? Are they true? No, no. You can only be what God created you to be, right? And, of course, that's going to be more glorious than you could ever imagine. But I'm sorry, I can't, I can't walk out this side door. I always keep that door unlocked in case I need to make a fast exit after a message. I can go over to the, to the fire department over there, right, and say, I'm here, right? I slept in a Holiday Inn Express last night. I, I, I'm going to jump on this fire truck. No. I, yeah, Chris is going to say, get out of here. <laughs> He's raising his arm in the back saying, what are you thinking? I can't just instantly be, now, now, maybe I could train for that, but pretty soon they're going to realize I can't see my hand in front of my face, right? Pretty soon they're going to realize all my vulnerabilities. You may be saying, I don't need a Savior, but guess what? I do need a Savior. And beloved, you need a Savior, right? We need a Savior. That's what makes the news so incredible. Unto you. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Well, he goes on. There's more to it, right? Who is the Christ? Christ is the, the Greek uh, translation of the, the Hebrew word for Messiah, right? The long-awaited one. Literally, both Christ and Messiah mean the one who's been anointed by God, right? The one who's been set apart for by God for his holy purposes. Unto you is born a Savior, yes, but there's the great news of who that Savior is. He is the long-awaited Messiah. He is the one who broke 400 years of silence. He's the one that's shone into the darkness. 
Unto you is born the Messiah, God's chosen one. And, and, and if you're just starting to wrap your brain around the fact that he is Messiah, don't miss the unto you part, right? Because God loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son. That if you would believe in him, you would not perish, but have everlasting life. I've shared with you so many times the, the seasons of my life as I first understood Jesus as Savior. I'm so grateful for that. As I began to understand the impact of the Savior that God had given me. Uh, Maddie was a lifeguard for a season. It's not just someone to momentarily jump in the pool with me, but, but, but someone who God had anointed to, to carry me, to provide every breath for me, to to grant my every need. But then there was a season, and for those of you juniors and seniors, those of you freshmen and sophomores, it was right around that season of my life that I first began to understand this third thing. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ, help me, the Lord. The Lord, that's two powerful aspects of this I want you to understand the first is that that Lord implies sovereign, someone who not only has control of your life, but in this case, because it is God, someone who who has, has sovereign control for your best. He is making things happen for your good and for his glory. He is sovereign. And I I remember that, like I shared with you on the bus in the artichoke capital of the world when I first understood him as Savior, right? I remember the night that it dawned on me that that he wanted complete control of my life. He didn't just want to be that, that God I carried around in the paper sack. He wanted complete sovereign control of my life. And it was like another, I don't, I'm not trying to confuse you. I was like being born again, again, right? Because I understood for the first time that God wanted to be Lord of my life. And, and beloved, and especially I'm speaking to those of us who still love being in control, who still love being the sovereign over our life. God is coming to you and he's saying, at some point, beloved, you've got to let go, right? You've got to let go. Kind of sliding in, what do we do? What do we do as a result? What do we do next? Let's let's let go of our own sovereign aspect of our life and let's go and see for ourselves. I love that magic moment in in the story where the glory of the Lord has shown and now it's gone, right? Now it's after the retreat. Now you're back in 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 your eight to five job, and it doesn't seem very glorious. What do you do then, right? The shepherd said, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem, right? And and I know it's almost a cliche in the Christmas season, but that's something that each of us needs to do. We need to go to Bethlehem. We need to go see for ourselves, right? If what the angel said is true. It was such a beautiful, I'm sorry I keep referencing that, but it's so vivid in my mind of them running, right? It's a 
terrifying thing to experience the glory of the Lord, but an incredibly joyful thing. And the message was that there, you can go see this child. You can go see the Son of God for yourself. And so they ran. They ran, taking, picking up those little cues, right? You'll find this baby wrapped in swaddling cloths. I love what's going around the internet right now about these, these were shepherds who raised up uh, lambs for the sacrifice. And I don't, I can't tell you that I know that to be true, the story that's going around. Do you know what I'm talking about? The story that, that, that outside of Bethlehem in particular, they raised lambs for the sacrifice. So they had to be perfect lambs. So the story going around the internet that I cannot verify in scripture, but is beautiful is that they would sometimes wrap those lambs right to protect them. When they saw a perfect lamb, they would wrap them. So can you just imagine and the reason that I'm even telling you this, because it's extra biblical, is, is because God just does that all the time. He, he takes simple things and infuses them with truth. And so it would not surprise me if the reason that God gave them those two clues wrapped in swaddling cloths, because every baby was swaddled in those days, right? Um, even today we do that. Even today people do that to their husbands. They wrap them. No, they don't do that. Right? Why? So that so that when I don't know what this hand is doing and it hits me in the head like that, right? I'm going, who hit me? Right? Somebody's slapping me in the face. So so you swaddle them so that they feel close, so that they feel comfortable. But but what if God was was going even further? What if He was identifying this child to these shepherds as the very Lamb of God? who would take away the sins of the world. Mm. Powerful, powerful truths. I think I broke my glasses when I hit myself in the face. If they fall off, you'll understand. Let's go. Let's see for ourselves if this is true. And for the second time in the same night, these weak, these vulnerable, and yet these proud shepherds fell to their knees before the Christ, right? And and they realize what the angel said was true. Now we're not just people who've heard. Now we're witnesses. Come on up, worship team, if you would. Now we're witnesses of this for ourselves. So what are we going to do with what we know to be true? Let's make known, right, what we've learned. Let's make known to the world what we have seen and know to be true. The way that it's expressed in the chosen is people must know, right? I don't know why God did it this way, but he chose to use human beings to be the vessels of the greatest message the world has ever heard. And he has chosen you and me to be the carriers of this message. And we must make known to the world that unto them, unto us is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord, right? Wow. What were you thinking, God, right? To entrust to me something so important, so life-changing, so eternity-changing. What were you thinking? And I'm putting words in God's mouth, but I think he would say, I knew exactly what I was doing. You, beloved, are worthy of that trust. I entrust to you the greatest message the world has ever seen. But if I could, I want to go back to where we started today. 
Remember we said God chooses to reveal himself to ordinary people, right? Let's let's return to our ordinary lives when we leave this place, right? But let's live in extraordinary ways, right? Let's live our ordinary lives in extraordinary ways, right? Why? So that people can see for themselves, so that they can come to know for themselves, so that they can join the sweet, sweet fellowship of those who have surrendered their lives to the Lordship of the Messiah, to the, to the Savior of the world, right? Let's glorify God. Because God uses ordinary people in extraordinary, extraordinary ways. There's so many of them right here in the room right now that God has used. God cares for ordinary people, amen? He cares for the outcasts, amen? He cares for the humble, for the widow, for the orphan. He cares for the lonely and the abandoned. And some of you are going right now, that's me. That's me. You need to hear this message. God cares for you, right? He cares for all those who are broken. So if any of these describe you, and at some level they describe all of us, if any of these things describe you, then hear the good news of great joy. Unto you is born this day. Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Pray with me, would you? Oh, thank you, Lord, that you love us more than we could ever imagine. Some of us in our heads, we wrapped our brains around that, um, um, but we haven't made that perilous journey from our heads to our hearts. God, if it's possible, would you grant us that privilege today to be able to say to you, my life is yours, right? I'm no longer going to put my hope in, in the things of this world. God, my heart is, is yours. I'm going to believe that you can transform me. Broken, helpless me into something, into a, a precious and holy gift for the Christ. To God, again, we add our voices. Again, we join myriad angels in saying, your, your glory is amazing. Your glory, God, is beautiful. Glorify yourself in me. 